Yo, what's good, everybody? It's Jet Black Extreme. We're back at it again with another episode of the Zone Podcast. With me today is my co-host, Tokugatsu. How are you doing today, sir? Doing pretty good. It's been a minute since we've been on recording, so it kind of feels good to be back and definitely pretty excited about today's topic. Oh, yeah, definitely. Today's topic, ladies and gentlemen, is Lilo and Stitch, a classic. <laughs> And without further ado, let's go ahead and zone in on it. Now, Lilo and Stitch, it, the movie came out in 2002. It's a Disney film. It's centered around sci-fi. And by the way, if you haven't already, check out the Sci-Fi Zone on Facebook to where we talk about a whole bunch of things sci-fi related, whether it's Warframe, Metroid, Rick and Morty, uh, Star Wars, Star Trek. Even comic book superheroes, they count as sci-fi. So, yeah, definitely check out the Sci-Fi Zone on Facebook when you get a chance. But, yes, Lilo and Stitch is centered around two... What's the word I'm looking for? Eccentric <laughs> individuals. Like, there's this six- or seven-year-old Hawaiian girl named Lilo Pelikai. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, she's raised by her uh, adult, well, young adult sister, Nani. And then they end up meeting, like, excuse me, my bad. <laughs> so what happened with them was their parents died in a car accident. And, you know, Lilo being a troubled girl, uh, having her quirks. And at some point, they decide, you know, let's adopt a dog. You know, I think that's just what you need. Maybe you just need a dog, like a friend, you know. And then they go to the pound and they end up meeting this koala dog-like creature uh, names that they named Stitch. But in reality, is an alien uh, titled Experiment 626 by Jumba Chukipa, I believe that's his name, and his little sister, Pleakley. I like Pleakley, by the way. <laughs> He's funny. But yes, essentially, Lilo adopts Stitch, and they bond. They get into this some madcap, some shenanigans. But every now and then, they find themselves being hunted by this gargantuan, shark-like bipedal giant named Gantu and basically he's working for this hamster-like alien called Hamsterville and in the animated series he ends up getting this assistant experiment 625 who will be later on be named as Ruben and yeah uh, essentially with the movie the Galactic Federation whatever they call themselves because you know it's always some galactic government somewhere in the universe they decided to let stitch jumba and pleakley stay on earth you know live out their lives and everything was going all well and good up until we went stitch two where stitch was like malfunctioning and they pretty much had to fix them before it was too late and they managed to do that and there was Stitch the movie, where that's when you find out about all the other experiments, like Sparky. 
And at some point at the end of the movie, it got to a point where all the experiments got scattered all over Hawaii. I don't know why Hawaii, just you know, specifically Hawaii, really. That's coincidental, but okay. But uh, anyway, that's pretty much... That pretty much sparked the series to where they just pretty much had these one-offs of finding different experiments, trying to find them, give them a name, find them a place for them to belong and all that. And, and I thought that was kind of cool and, and all that. And then there was Leroy and Stitch that pretty much served as a series finale of the series to where, you know, experiment six to eight. And, uh... Seven. <laughs> so what? Six to seven. No, no, no. Six to seven was in the series where, uh, you know, like he had like a just longer head and he all he can say was evil. But um, Leroy was six to eight. Mm, yep. Yeah. But, uh, Kokugasu, uh, how you feeling about this whole franchise? Man, that was such an awesome series. I'm, I'm actually upset that it did not get the love that it really needed, to be honest with you. <laughs> So that's one of the things that really kind of got me onto that one. So the first thing I definitely want to get a chance to is let's dive back first into the beginning. Mm-hmm. Lilo and Stitch came out uh, 2003. So one of the funniest things about it is that it's during the time where, honestly, for me, Disney had some of the best franchise shows, movies, and things coming out. Yeah, Proud Family, yeah. Impossible, like... Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. You had so much, we had so much good stuff during this time period. So this is one of the ones where Disney really could not fail. So just keep that in mind <laughs> on that one. But yeah, the, um, so starting off at the beginning on this one, Lilo and Stitch, very interesting story. Because that's one of the biggest things that, like you had mentioned, why specifically Hawaii was like a funny thing about it. So like you said, it starts off with the Galactic not so much Galactic Federation, but the Galactic, you know, Council and shit like that. Yeah. So with, that's them, so with them, they make sure that there's nothing evil going on in the universe. Make sure everything is maintained, balanced, and order, and things like that. So there's a lot to dive into. Lilo and Stitch, the first movie, that there's not as much to dive into the other one. So I'm going to spend most time talking about the first movie because there's a lot to dive into. Um. First thing is... Whoa, 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 hold on. Mm-hmm. I'm reading my notes here. It's like, they did call them to the Galactic Federation. I'm like, anyway, it was a trip. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds too much like Rick and Morty. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, I was like, bruh. Like, oh my god. So but go ahead. We're going to call it the Galactic Count. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, starts off specifically. You got Stitch has been captured with Jumba. Jumba was that created this experiment to purpose specifically wreak havoc. Mm-hmm. Jumba is a math scientist. Does all these different types of things. So starts off with Stitch escaping. We get a chance to meet a wide variety of count of, of characters in the Galactic Federation. Got gone to like. God, there's a lot to dive into that guy. I don't even want to spend much time. <laughs> but that Gantu, who's like a whale alien, whale look alike alien, like a bipedal whale. That's that's literally what he is. 
Oh, it's huge. He does look more like a whale. Oh, overly muscular, and is literally like in the the short period of time that we get to know him and watching this movie. I even had made a tweet about it. And literally, just the first ten minutes of the movie, you get the chance to meet him. You can already tell he's a crooked cop. Like, <laughs> no hiding in that. Literally, he goes into stitches bound up in the ceiling. He can't move at all. All he can do is move his head and just talk all types of junk, which, you know, Stitch loves to talk all types of shit. <laughs> um, so, he's sitting there, and then Stitch sits there and spits on him. Now, understanding, spit on me, you ask him for some type of defense. Understanding on that. The gun to whip out, he whips out his, whips out that pistol puts it up to his face, and he's like, oh, oh, this is what we're going to do right now. I got you, right? And then literally, one of his other officers is like, sir, can't do that this time. And I was like, wait, this time? <laughs> he pulls his pistol back like, got you. I got you. I'm sitting here like, oh, so you killed. <laughs> you didn't kill I think this as a kid, I never paid too much attention to that, but as an adult, I was like, oh, you can kill some people. You can kill some people in confinement at that? Before they've yeah. been and sent to their sentence and stuff like that? You said, let me guess, has it been one of those, something happened, the ship just, something happened to the ship. I don't know what happened. It just happened to lose <laughs> my, my body. I'm like, oh, yeah, uh-uh, 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 gone through and did some stuff, man. <laughs> Which I found <laughs> really, really good setup for what happens to Gonsu and Sis in the series, man. Like, in Lilo and Sis in the series. So it's, it's very interesting because <laughs> it's like that was a very good setup. So from the very beginning, understand he's crooked. He's definitely a crooked cop. You keep that in mind. So now, let's go ahead and fast forward a little bit. Stitch has in a very skilled fashion because he's extremely intelligent, able to think. He, he, his brain is a literal supercomputer. That's how Jumba yeah. made him. He's able to think quickly on the spot, figure out issues, figure out situations, and resolve to further cause more destruction. So yeah. <laughs> he escapes. He gets away on the special police cruiser, the red one. He said, yeah, he took the red one. You know, the nice-looking fancy one. Obviously, that belonged to somebody because it definitely looked pretty nice. Just being honest, mm-hmm. <laughs> he escapes to Hawaii. And first thing to mention is just the fact that the original story was not in Hawaii. When Chris, wow. when Chris Thomas, the guy who wrote this, he actually, you know, he wrote other movies like The Crew, How to Train Your Dragon franchise, and stuff like that. Like he's made so many different um, movies from Pixar and DreamWorks and, and Disney. He mm-hmm. likes so. When he first wrote this story, talking about alien trying to find his way in Kansas. And the reason they picked Kansas is because it's supposed to be he landed somewhere that was completely isolated to where he could not cause destruction. So the story was, was specifically written just that way. To where, like how Stitch is a person who's able to cause mass destruction amongst cities, like big major cities and stuff. But somehow or another lands in the area that's isolated. Now he's like, crap. For example, Charles is fucking big city. I didn't land in the big city. Landed somewhere like this big desert of nothing. 
what the hell am I going to do? <laughs> wow, that's kind of like a reverse of what was it? Shit, uh, Wizard of Oz, you know, with Dorothy, and she was like, oh, we're not in Kansas anymore, but like, it's like a reverse where, oh, I guess we're in Kansas now. <laughs> Pretty much, it's like, oh, we're in Kansas. Nope, nope. So, the story wound up changing in order to incorporate more stuff to it, because the original story just, it was literally, it wasn't even Stitch, it was just a random alien at this point who causes destruction. Mm. But, it's supposed to be in Kansas, and try to figure stuff out from there. They changed the story to, okay, let's see it from Kansas to a fort. They changed it to, he landed in a fort. And he's still trying to figure out how to, you know, do his thing. Like, it's a, it's a beautiful forest. There's not really something to destroy. Nothing to really mm-hmm. devastate. He still kind of kept the same mindset. But the story just kept changing and changing. But yeah, it really started with him in Kansas. Then switched over to him landing in a forest to now he lands in Hawaii. Why Hawaii? It's still somewhere isolated and still able to keep the forest landscape like they wanted to. And they were able to incorporate, you know, him interacting, being able to interact with more people. Because that's one of the biggest mm. things you know, for a kid's story, interaction with people, interaction with little kids. And Lilo eventually came later that they wound up um, talking into that. So... The story did went, went through a lot of progression before we finally got to that point. So that's one little fun fact into is that it it took a lot of changes before we finally got to where we came from. Another fun fact into this, um, the voice of Lilo. Do you know who who the voice actor of Lilo is? Uh um what was the name? Uh Dave Chase. Mm-hmm. Do you know what she's done? Ah, uh, forgot. Um, let me check my notes because I knew it was something interesting. She was in the ring, yeah. Yeah, she's the little girl from the ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. something even funnier. The ring and it came out. Both came out in two thousand two. It came out the exact same year. <laughs> she was working on. They both did, movies. yeah. She was working on both movies at the same time. That I found very interesting to go from a lighthearted kid show, a lighthearted kids movie, to that. <laughs> <laughs> that right hey, there. Some actors just have range, man. That's right. And she had this as a little girl, so keep that in mind. Um, another fun fact, too, as well, is that she was actually the voice of Chihiro in Spirited Away. She's the American um, version voice actress for that. Really? Yeah, you listen to that and you say, like, oh, that does it did sound kind of familiar. Because they're the same voice actors. So that was um Yeah, okay. So before I get into more fun facts, I just want to point out little things into the movie that into the first movie that was like stuck out to me. So first thing about it is, is that how interesting it was with Nani. Even now people are going back and rewatching this movie and they're finding out more and more stuff and pay attention to Nani. Um understand the story for Nani and Lilo is that their parents died. Parents died in an accident. And so, in order to avoid the girls having to be separated, Nani took up the mantle to try to raise Lilo. I'm old enough. Nani is not old enough. Nani is only 19. So, that's one of the biggest things into that is the fact that this is a 19-year-old girl, like woman, but she's She's still young. She hasn't 
She's barely graduated high school. She's barely graduated um, American high school. She's struggling in and out of jobs. She's struggling still with herself emotionally because at 19, you're not fully emotionally developed yet to kind of do too much, you know, realistically. Mm -hmm. She's trying to raise a little sister and she's trying her best to not be, oh, I'm I'm your mom because she knows she's not her mom. Lilo knows she's not her mom. But it's like, I'm your legal guardian. I need you to listen to me. At the same time of understanding, Lilo's like, you are my legal guardian, but you're my big sister. You're my stop treating me like you're my mom type of thing. But then mom is having I have to treat you like I'm your mom because you're not listening and if you mess up, we're gonna get separated. And there's nothing we could do about it. <laughs> and I'm never gonna see you again. So there's there was a lot to unpack into that and understanding that Nani made multiple, multiple sacrifices to make sure that she was able to look out for her little sister. Yeah. Which is very funny when you watch the ring. <laughs> it's kind of funny because, yeah, in today's time, you can kind of relate to Nani. Like, at least if you're the type of person who, like me, kind of grew up watching the series and the movies, and at first you're like, okay, I can kind of understand. But when you're an adult, you're like, oh, I can fully understand now. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. Nani sacrificed everything. She's been in and out of multiple jobs, trying to make sure, and it's also been proven in the movie, some of the reasons that she's lost her job was because of Lilo. <laughs> Because Lilo was messing up in school, Nani's had to leave early, and literally to the point that this is like, look, you keep leaving early, you keep missing work, sorry, when you are here, you're a great worker, but you're not here, so we gotta let you go. It's like, fine, get it, I don't want to be here anyway, type of thing. No, still having that that rebel teenage attitude. You're still 19. Yeah. College. She didn't get that chance. She didn't get the chance to do any of that. Yeah. Her parents died. When, when when her parents died, that was it. It was a mindset is I gotta take fairly low. So it's so much when you really realize this. You understand that even at the age of nineteen, she plays she still plays with her little sister. She still has like the imagination of her little sister. Like remember before Nani didn't really believe that Stitch could do a lot of different things. She, she didn't believe that until like the end of the towards the end of the movie. But she understood that, hey, my sister has a wild imagination, but she's sick. So, who cares? I just want my little sister to live in her time. Now, just trying to make sure that she's living the best life that she can. That's all I can do. She's literally just yeah. trying to be the best big sister she can be. I'm still trying to be that mom. So, it yeah. is. It's something that she kind of died into. I can rewatch it now. It's like, well... They added a lot of writing elements into that. Like, they added a lot of writing elements into that. And Nani is literally to the point of going anime here. She's waifu. <laughs> 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 She's waifu. Oh, so you've seen the R34 pictures of her on social <laughs> media? I have seen a lot of pictures, and I'm be honest with you, okay? Disney has a thing about making yeah figure it's like kind of like that one saying what was that one saying uh, 
what was it? Oliver Wilde said it, where he was saying everything is about sex except sex. Sex is about power. Exactly. Well, it was I mean, Oscar on. Wilde. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. I mean, everything. Come on. They, they always have these mom figures be like, thick as hell, bro. Like, what the heck, man? <laughs> it's like, what the heck, man? And I feel, I'm, I'm sitting here now like, dang, how old? I'm about to be 30. This video was like, oh, she's 19. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's like no. when you're younger, you didn't, it didn't matter. Like, you're just a kid. You didn't know any better. It's like, it's okay to have a woody tooth, Nani. But now that you're almost 30, you're just like, bro, uh, even if she's 19, I'm just like, uh, not feel like dangerous territory, especially when, like you just said, um, at a certain age, 25. That's when you develop emotionally, you know, have a better sense of judgment by them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And yeah, it's like we're way too old for that. Almost like, yeah, you're 19, and like, yeah, you're of legal age, but I don't know. It just feels like a unstable element somewhere in there. <laughs> just, yeah. Exactly. Just, mm. Now, I definitely want to also talk about David. Nani, well, who became Nani's boyfriend after the series, after the um first movie? This dude tried. He was hanging in there in the green zone for Batman. Oh, hold on. Well, first thing I want, first thing is appreciate that. Okay, he tried so hard to kept going and going, and it wasn't to get in her pants. Like that's one thing that they really made sure yeah. about that they pushed that. That was not his goal. He literally, even when she asked me, he's like, why do you keep trying? He's like, because you're a wonderful person. Because I see what you do for Lilo. You help make sure that she enjoys life. You take care of her. No matter what obstacles come your way, you always find a way around it. You're an awesome, strong person. And I love that much. And it's like, now it's his motivation. Said that I don't know. Nobody yeah. else on this island that can handle this. Realistically, yeah. there's nobody else. On the whole island of Hawaii, or the whole island that they were on, that can handle the shit that Nani handles, bro. Like, Nani got hit with everything. You really think about it. The house got blown up. <laughs> the sister locked her out the house. <laughs> Pretty much lost the social worker battle. She attacked by aliens. <laughs> yeah. And throughout all of that, she still says, I love my sister, I'm going to take care of her. Man, I'm going to be honest with you. That's one of the things that some people be like, man, is it worth it? Is it worth I'm only 19. I still got a good bit of my life ahead of me right now. <laughs> it's just sad. But no, she, yeah. she sacrificed herself a lot, and David recognized that. And the fact that he was there every step of the way, he dealt with all that shit, too. He dealt with everything. All the shit that she was dealing with is like, oh, I guess it's the new adventure now. Oh, Jumbo yeah. Creek is now living here. Okay, well, it's the new family. <laughs> new Ohana. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> He's like, well, right. I'm going to roll along with it. Honestly, I, I thought this dude was high the whole movie at first. Like, I really thought this dude was high the whole movie. I'm like, ain't no way you dealing with all this and you ain't lost a little something. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> They had to have a little hit of something, bro. Like, I'll be questioning reality right now. 
one of the moments to drink a cup of water. Is my water late? I heard the government, mm-hmm. they said the government was trying to put stuff in the water for mind control purposes. I thought that was joking. I'm not even stop drinking this. Go <laughs> for my own water. But, um, yeah, no, it's like David, he's an appreciated character because he's realistic. He'll call out yeah. some bullshit when he sees it. He's like, okay, this is some bullshit. <laughs> he said, that don't make no sense. Y'all got to figure this shit out. But then he's also such a cool guy. He goes along with everything. So, you know, he's just chill. So it's like, that's, that's what's up. It's one of those things that like, I like his development into the film. Now, yeah. one of my favorite characters throughout the whole series in itself, Cobra Bubble. Yeah. <laughs> this guy right Yeah, the uh, CIA agent? Yeah. Or ex-CIA agent. Now he's just a social... Well, yeah, just a oh social. yeah, he is former. Yeah, I see that here. A former CIA agent, but he's now a social worker. Okay. How the hell do you go from that? Like that's that's the real question. How are you going from being an FBI agent to stopping the entire human race from being enslaved and maintaining its free will by convincing people that mosquitoes are an endangered species? Really, if anything, why mosquitoes? That's a species that has to die. You could have said koalas. Some. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, like. You know? I want to say, but hold on. Like, if you said koala and Stitch looking like a koala, I was like, <laughs> it, like well, this looks... that was illegal genetic experimentation. Remember, they're not allowed <laughs> to create new races or regeneticize other races and stuff. It has to come naturally. Otherwise, it destroys the universal order. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just... Fair enough. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, why? But mosquitoes, though, like, it's the most annoying things in existence. We see a mosquito, we kill it. Nobody wants yeah. things alive. Like, the hell, bro? <laughs> like, well, I, I don't know. You know, you reminded me. What's that? Excuse me, but you're reminding me of how in my years of working at jobs, it's funny how sometimes every now and then, I run across this one guy that said, oh, I've been in this branch of the military for so many years. Like, I did my time, man, blah, blah, blah. And then I have all these awesome stories and whatever. And I'm just sitting here like, well, why are you here? What happened? Well, like, If you're so great, then why are you here? Why aren't you using your talents elsewhere? Like, you're just stuck doing a regular job. And it's almost like... It's, it's either sometimes people just blowing smoke out of their ass just to impress you, or th- maybe they did do all that stuff, but still, it kind of makes me wonder, why aren't you doing anything better than this? Hey, there's a reason. I, I mean, just in the short term, I have a cousin where he, he's been in the Army. He has been um, like high-ranking in the Army. He has been a police officer. And after literally dealing with all of that, he's a bartender. <laughs> he said, this is much better than all the other bullshit that I dealt with. It's like, I may be trained, I may be able to do all the other stuff, I can do it, but I'm not willing to go back. And I'm pretty sure Agent Bubbles 
probably was like, yeah, I didn't had too much to deal with that. Let me handle some more civilized, simple shit. He decided to mm. social work. I'm saying like the biggest jump ever, but you know, hey, whatever works. They had to plan again somehow, but you know, whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just there's, there's all the character developments in every movie was really great. Um, I definitely don't want to talk about Myrtle. <laughs> I do not like Myrtle at all. Like, just mean for no reason. And the weirdest part is, it's like she's the. I'm like, I'm not even trying to be. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm not even trying to be racist or anything. But it's like, it's funny how the one girl that looked like no, nothing like anybody else on the whole island, and yet she's the queen bee. Picking on Lilo, like mm-hmm. wow. She got the money. Her dad is there with the big bucks and stuff. He's on. He, he has his big business right there that he's selling cell phones and all types of stuff. He makes he makes probably some of the biggest bucks on the island. So because he has money and he's making sure that and he's probably keeping a fluctuation of money going in the on that island in that town. Myrtle winds up racking the benefits of it. She's literally yeah. that rich. She's that rich white snob. That's exactly what she is, and she was purposely written that way. So, and it's yeah. crazy. My, my my kids do not like. My kids don't like Myrtle. Like I'm talking about my four year old, my two year old. When they saw her, both of them told me, "Daddy, she mean." <laughs> I don't like her. <laughs> Good job, smart kids. That's what I'm talking. I mean, I'm sorry, but you're not supposed to like people like that, like so entitled and spoiled and shit. And worst part is, uh, it 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 pains me when kids grow up being taught a certain way or raised a certain type of way, and then they grow up having kids and they pretty much deep, you know, like ingrained what they grew up to believe into their children and then their children grow up to be the same thing if not worse and the cycle just keep continuing that's why they have like generational curses to where it feels like that's why it's very important for both parents to be in the picture but also to have a healthy mental health you know a healthy relationship and individually they need to have strong mental health because you may never know what your children might pick up from you is like i feel like what you teach your children like how you treat your children is how they're going to treat other people that is 100 that is why even now i think there was a post i shared about that long ago um actually yeah, it was like actually about an hour ago actually, i remember of literally just like, you know, we talk about, you say, well, racist times are so long ago. My grandma, and your grandma, and other people's grandma, and grandpa. Like, think about it right now, we're dealing with kids, like a lot of the adults right now, were grandchildren of people who thought it was fine to take their kids to lynching because it was a picnic. You know, mm. whole thing into that. But, and now we're just trying to go ahead and talk about this movie real quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jumbo, Cleekly, I do want to get a chance to dive into them, but I don't want to spend too much time on them because I do want to get a chance to touch base on our favorite experiments as well once we get into 
um, the family. So yeah, have Jumbo and Pleakley in extreme opposite that I have to work together. You see this in a lot of movies. Yeah. It's one of those ones that, and I honestly, their characters are cliches, but they work well. Um, yeah. It's a cliche that have the extremely smart ones have the dumb optimistic. Jumbo is very realistic. A lot of times he has optimism where he's like, I can do whatever because I can make anything I want. Um, and he can't. Like sometimes his experiments fail because even though he's a mad scientist, he's not the best scientist. That's been proven quite a few times. Now, he's been successful in creating all these different experiments, but remember, 626, Stitch was supposed to be his perfect experiment. It took him 626 tries before he finally got there. <laughs> so, yeah. Definitely got to keep that in mind on that. Um, so he's not the absolute best scientist, but he's trying his best to be the best that he can be. And the fact that he's able to MacGyver anything, taking a microwave, a toaster, and making special machines, flying machines, all types of shit, just out of random stuff is lying around. So he's still a good scientist, nonetheless. Pleakley, who is the generalist of, I understand everything about Earth, and gets on Earth, knows absolutely nothing about Earth. <laughs> <laughs> the whole universe, he is the one that's supposed to be, if you want to know about Earth, you talk to this guy. He goes Earth, knows nothing. Homeboy is clueless about every damn thing possible. And is like, what the heck? <laughs> uh, very cliche characters to add a lot of comedy, a lot of humor, and a lot of realism into the into the series as well too. So it's one of those ones that you, you can appreciate them because you know they're not they're not going to be the main people, but they're going to be there for just that com that comedic effect. You know, it's it really well written for them. So those are some of the biggest things to dive into in the first movie. Second movie came out with the experiment where now we have discovered that there are that the stitch has cuts. Well, in the sense, that's what Lilo calls. Uh -uh, hold on, hold on. That's not the second movie. Uh, the second movie was when he was glitching out. Glitching out. Yeah, my bad. Moving ahead of myself. Uh, <laughs> so stitch has a glitch. Like that one's not too much to dive into. This one, in all honesty, I, I broke it down in one simple fact. All, everything can have been fixed with communication. That's what I'm going to say. Pretty much. Literally, the premise is we find out that when Stitch and Jumbo got arrested, that Stitch wasn't, his molecules weren't fully charged. So he's yeah. breaking. He's finally reached his time part of, okay, this is the max. It, it, the energizer energi bunny now needs a battery. Let's <laughs> <laughs> keep so going we, and going and going. <laughs> oh, you're mortal. That's one thing to keep in mind, too. And that's one of the reasons why in America they kind of ditched the series um, after Leroy and Stitch, but that's a little bit later. Because he's supposed to be immortal. But he's, he's immortal as he is as well. Mm -hmm. So he's not can't do nothing. Like, there's no growing old for him. There's no. He's going to see everyone else grow old and die. That's just what's going to happen, unfortunately. And they didn't want to dive into that for kids. That's why it kind of stopped. But yeah, so his, his molecules breaking down because he needs to be, he needs to be re-energized. He just needs a charge. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, he's also 
we find out, like I told you, that comedic effect between Zoma and Fleekly, but now we're getting down to more realism. Fleekly trying to hold the family together, but at the mm. same time, one of the main reasons that everyone's falling apart. Convincing David to do all types of dumb shit. He, he literally is the one who usually is the voice of reasoning, or tries to be the voice of reasoning for everyone, but uses no reasoning whatsoever himself. So it's like, you want to keep everyone calm, but you're also one of the main ones that's messing with him. You do realize. Yeah. No, he doesn't. <clears throat> Jumba is, he's heavily focused on trying to save Stitch. Lilo, because she's clueless, all she understands is that Stitch is just reverting to being evil. He's having moments that he's just psyching out, and no one knows why. He's just psyching out. And Stitch, he knows it's happening. He's trying to figure it out. He doesn't know anything. He's like, I don't know what's going on. The only people that know what's going on is Jumba and Pleakley. But had they actually, for a moment, told Nani, told Lilo, told Stitch what was going on, I promise you everything would have been fixed. <laughs> and that is one of the biggest plot holes in the movie. Because in the first movie, everything just started happening as random. There was nothing you could really do. It just happened, you know. You were just going through life, doing whatever. You know, this, this is, we're just trying to adjust everything. But yeah, the second movie was literally communication. Like, had gentlemen briefly told them what was going on, Johnny would not have lost so many jobs. Um, David was a silver David. Doesn't make a difference on that one. Um, but <laughs> um, Lilo, she would have been able to do her hula competition. She probably would have won just like her mom did when her mom was little. And then Stitch wouldn't have caused all that mass mayhem that he did. You know, uncontrollably. Right. And all that could have been solved from just, hey, this is what we noticed. We noticed that Stitch's molecules were losing energy and he's raving out uncontrollably because he's literally dying. I'm trying to build this machine to get him fixed up. So literally everybody would have helped out. Nani would have had like, hey, stop touching this poster. Stop stealing a microwave. She would have been like, take everything you need, save Stitch. Because that's how Nani is. That's who she is. But they didn't trust that. So, mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest things into that movie. Not too much into that, but it's, that's ma- the main thing into it. Communication solves a lot of things. Know what's going right. on. Talk to somebody. Okay? Talk to somebody. That's going to be my life lesson for today. Based on that movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we move on to Stitch and his Stitch pug. the movie. Yes, the so Stitch the movie. Finding out that he has, you know, he's experiment six two six. You know, you find okay. What happens to the other six hundred twenty five experiments? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. So now we got all these other experiments that have been released out onto the world and this is where it's so funny you mentioned in earlier why hawaii remember originally it was supposed to be kansas and it changed to like a forest so either way it would have been some type of crazy madness if all these experiments got released out in any of these little environments however it i guess it makes more sense because it's hawaii yeah because at least with Kansas, like once they get past the border, that like state borders, it becomes even harder for them to be found, like like that. So at least with Hawaii, it's more contained. 
because now whole lot of experiments can just travel across water. I would say even more than this. The part of Kansas that they were supposed to land at was supposed to be dry desert. The experiments mm. would have never reanimated because they would have never gotten hydrated. Yeah, that would probably be like a whole plot hole right there. It would have been. That's, that's what I really think is that case. It's like, yeah. But, um, so yeah, I mean, Hawaii is completely surrounded by water. They're like, oh my God, all these experiments are going to come back at the same, about the same time. And crazy enough, they didn't, which is very interesting, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but all of them would come back. And now, literally, the movie is just pretty much them trying to keep the experiments out of the evil hands of Dr. Hempsterville. Yeah. He's a German? Yeah, Dr. Jacques von Hempsterville, apparently. <laughs> Are we, is there a reason we're going not to him? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, even though he was a doctor, he did have some very dictative mindset. You know what I mean? It, it was almost like for a doctor, you're very bossy, man. Locked <laughs> up for trying to take over the universe, like literally. He's locked like up he. He straight up reminds me of Brain from Pinky and the Brain, but as a as a hamster or a gerbil. That's what it is. You're right. In fact, that's what I'm going to say. If Brain from Pinky and the Brain and Red Skull from the Marvel Universe came together in a hamster's body, that's Dr. Von Hempster. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I'm going to say that's where the inspiration came for him. I don't know. just... You had to come up with a villain. Why not make an evil hamster? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, God damn it, Disney. It's almost like, yeah, he's a villain, but am I supposed to take him seriously or what's the deal? I think Disney was trying to say ahead of time that they wanted that they were going to um, acquire Marvel. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. So, moving <laughs> on that, um, you got this evil hamster. This just—he has such bad writing for him. He's funny. I mean, the jokes they wrote for him is fine, but he—he he has such bad writing. We don't know too much of his backstory, even in the series when we kind of dove a little bit further into him. I think there was an actual episode during the series that took place after the movie that dove a little bit more into him and Gonsu, and we. Still have no idea who Von Hemsworth even who he really is. Like we, we know nothing, so it's like one of those. He's just a bad guy who showed up and just stuck around. And it's like, yeah, he is. He's, he's Captain Boomerang. That's who he is. Stuck <laughs> 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 around, and you're wondering why. Like, what's just, just what's the point? Type of thing. So it's like, oh my god, what the fuck. Um. <laughs> so, bro, like, uh, we're gonna take a little segment here and let's talk about our favorite experiment for a little okay. bit. So, who are your top experiments that you really like? My top experiments. Oh, mm. <clears throat> I think you like Sparky. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Sparky was cool. He was cool. Uh, I definitely like 
627. I don't know why it is, but I guess you can say every time there's a hero, I kind of like how whenever they introduce a um, villain or antagonist that's like a dark or evil version of it in a way. Like how Sonic kind of have Shadow, but Shadow's not really evil. He's more like a darker, edgier version or something like that. And then there's Spider-Man and Venom. And for some reason, I just like that sort of thing going on. So for some reason, I just instantly like the idea of 627 to where, yeah, it's pretty much like Stitch, but eviler. <laughs> I mean, uh, okay, I, I can understand on that one. Who else? Angel? Yes. 624, she is definitely one of my favorites. I like her because uh, she like she she's not she's not overly strong. She's not over she was the experiment that you could tell Jumbin realized that he made so many different experiments that could do everything. They could do mm. all these different types of crap and he needed something that would allow him to have control of them all. So why not Hey, all of them are boys. Let me make a female whose ability is to woo them and make them fall under her control and do whatever it is that she wants to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's almost like her ability was to sing this siren song that reverts them back to being evil. And I was like, wow, like that's almost like a fail safe in case uh, Jumba's like, oh, well, oh no, my experiment, they became good again well good thing i have this oh my god i'm sorry but things got too real like when i think about it like you know how the feminine wilds just kind of corrupts a man to pretty okay. much engage in these bad boy self-destructive habits and i was like see this is why we have so many bad boys running around because apparently good girls like bad boys uh, and then it's like yeah, that's why people be wondering why there's not good men anymore because you know, look who you chasing after. I find it funny that her name was Angel, but she turned them into little demons. <laughs> exactly, it's like that double standard, hypocritical uh, disguise shit to where it's like you pretend to be a good girl, but you be corrupting niggas, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like. Yeah, definitely. I, I grew up. She was definitely one of my favorites. Who else you got? Uh, who else? Uh, Bonnie and Clyde, that duo. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God, them two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was there any more? Fuck. Hmm. I want to say there were four more, and they were in the like the crossover episodes like uh morpholomew who was like the shape-shifting experiment and he was in that one crossover with uh jake long the american dragon yep uh there was spats where he it was introduced with the um, proud family crossover excuse me well fuck i had a whole list uh I don't remember the one that crossed over. So what now? I don't remember the one that crossed over with Kim Possible. I don't remember what experiment. No, no, that's the funny thing. In Kim Possible, they thought Rufus was an experiment. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) That was funny. And then they have Lax in the recess crossover. 
Yes, that's right. And they don't just crossed over with like everything with Disney. I mean, at least a good strong four. Those like those like four of the hardest hitting anime series in the um running right now. Like Proud Family, Kim Possible, Recess, and American Dragon. Yeah. They were like very popular back then. Man. So yeah, that was like very good placement. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was good. Okay, okay. <clears throat> Let's see. I only had like three that were my biggest ones. But when you mentioned Bonnie and Clyde, definitely about that duo. Them, 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 <laughs> them two was like funny as hell. But um, yeah. for me, it was very simple. I had Angel, Ruben, and Stitch. Um, those three Fair to enough. me, because for one, like I mentioned with Angel, the fact that like you can tell her creation was to control the others. And Jumba made sure after realizing 623 experiments, he said, I need to have a control and a failsafe. Which is one of all the reasons why I was like, you could tell he's not really the best scientist. He created something to let loose. But what happens if it let loose against you? What's your control, bro? What, what is your control? So after 623 experiments of no control whatsoever, he finally realized, I need something to control them. <laughs> what is wrong with me? So he decided to create that <laughs> when we got Angel. <clears throat> and then I like Angel's design, like to look exactly like Stitch. When you, 624 was the first experiment that you can tell Jumbo finally found a design that he liked. Yeah. So he experimented with various different other ones because each of them have like different shapes and sizes of all different types of ones. But he found a design that he liked. And when he did, he stuck with it. So 624 is also that first time in that. 625 is amazing to me in two aspects. One, he's funny, just realistically. Um, even now as an adult, he's funny. Like, come on, as a kid and as an adult now, you can still laugh at him. He, he's just, he says whatever he wants to say. And I, I promise you, if they could let him cuss and say all types of stuff, he would probably be a comedic genius right now. He can make sandwiches and be a comedian. Feed me and make me laugh? Bruh, come on. That, that's the selling point for everything. <laughs> just being honest on that. Um, but it's also interesting. Because one of the biggest things that um, I actually read on Reddit, and it was something I had thought about, so I wound up contributing talking about it too in Reddit as well, was the fact that why is it that Stitch's language is so badly broken, but Ruben's isn't? And one of the reasons that some people think about it is that when you think about it, 65 can do everything that 66 can do. He has all yeah. of the exact same feet. Everything. The only yeah. difference is, I mean, aside from the love and sandwiches, the only real main difference is his speech and conversation. He's able to easily listen and adapt to any conversation, no matter what it is. But that was also his flaw. Because he could easily understand, he built a conscience. Mm. He has a conscience, but he doesn't like doing bad things. He's afraid of getting into stuff. Not because of, oh, I can hurt myself or I can get hurt or something like that. He does have moments that, yeah, he doesn't want to get hurt. He's able to really think like that 
oh, I'm about to get hurt. I don't like this. I don't want to do that. You know, he's able to think that far ahead because of his advancement in language versus Stitch. Mm. Stitch will jump. Stitch has jumped straight off of a flying ship. Ruben would not do that. Ruben's literally said, this is a bad idea. That's not going to work. Like, he literally said that in the series. He's like, this is a bad idea. This is not going to work. But Stitch is like, come on, we just got to do it. Because Stitch doesn't have that language fully understanding. He doesn't have that full-on grasp. But because of that, that's what makes Stitch, in a sense, a better experiment as far as violence-wise than Ruben is. Because literally, in having that, being able to fully understand and comprehend more, you built more of a conscience into it. Versus Stitch's conscience is Lilo. He is what got him more under control. Otherwise, he would have just been violent, and if he couldn't be violent anymore, he would have shut himself down. That's mm. pretty much what was happening. He was shutting down because there was nothing to do. And Lilo I wanted to become that, that thing for him, but Ruben, he created his own. He couldn't do anything. He held himself back before he even started. Mm. Essentially, with Stitch, he is a better fighter because he doesn't complicate his motives or his sense of initiative or his instincts. Meanwhile, with Ruben, because he's able to comprehend things more thanks to him being able to comprehend languages and speak for himself and all that, gaining conscience, that kind of also made him more hesitant to fight. So it's more like Stitch fights based off pure instinct and Ruben kind of, even though he does have a conscience, that also complicates things because he has to like weigh things out. Like, you know. Because all of his abilities are based on instinct. Yeah. Because he has a mind, his conscious mind limits that instinct. You know, you see that in a lot of different things mentioning anime um dragon ball z ultra instinct i was just gonna i was thinking that (laughs) hey ultra instinct shaggy look and i want to mention this i i've seen the new mortal kombat movie i went and bought the dvd um battle of the realms if you haven't watched it watch it we got to review this movie this was amazing um (laughs) especially the beginning is seeing ultra instinct shaggy just saying but um (laughs) but ultra instinct yeah like you you know it when you finally let your conscious mind stop controlling your body and let your body do it itself type of thing um another example of that is naruto when he went i'm gonna say six tails form because yeah. the nine tail fox is able to comprehend things it's, an, it's still a beast it's still an animal so it's still able to act upon instinct but karama has extreme intelligence as well too that he, he is an intelligent creature that is able to speak and communicate and stuff and be able to make decisions for, for himself. So with that, because he, he has that and everything too, it was during the six-tail form when Naruto went there that he was pure rage and instinct. There was no thinking. There was no, It was just continuous lashing out attack upon attack upon attack upon attack upon attack upon attack. So that was one like biggest things that you can really kind of focus into how they separate intelligence intellect versus instinct and that's what made 
65 such a big limitation? You know, like like I said, you you see it in everything. You can see it in anime. You can see it in movies and stuff like that. Um, literally, a person who has more intelligence limits themselves more because they think it through more. Versus a person who has fun instinct just keeps going and keeps going until they can't go anymore, or until they burn out, or until they just decide to stop. You know, whatever. And that's what separates us from animals, and that's one mm-hmm. of the biggest things about it is that. Ruben was more humane-like versus Stitch was more animal-like. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's why that's why those three are my favorite. I mean, Stitch, not just mainly being, being the main character, but like I was mentioning, it, like, you know, you have 65 being the humane and 626 being the animal. And because those two are such polar opposites, it's what made interesting about 627, who is just pure evil, you have conscience, you have instinct, and then you have negatory. And you don't realize that those are like <clears throat> three things that are similar, but absolutely not the same. And most people think that instinct is evil, and it's not. It's just instinct. Yeah. Then you have actual evil. You can't change 627. You can't. They tried. You can't change him. He was designed specifically to not be. Right. Yeah. And funny enough, with 627, I like how despite being more powerful than 626 with none of Stitch's weaknesses, the one weakness he did inherit thanks to, you know, 625 being so jealous of the attention 627 was getting, uh, Ruben told Lilo that 627's weakness was laughter. Because <laughs> you can always yeah, so it's imp- <laughs> Yeah. So it's like <laughs> you have to paralyze them with laughter. To say slaughter and nothing but laughter with an S in front of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Can't spell slaughter without laughter. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right, for time's sake, uh, I know I just wanted to make sure you guys can talk about our favorite experience. There's a bunch of experiences to choose from, but yeah, for me, it was just the latter. And you had some slice definitely all between, too, and that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. um, Final thing, final remarks uh, is going to be Leroy and Stitch. So, yes. This movie is interesting. <clears throat> so Dr. Von Hamsterville, after 627 failed, decided to kidnap Jumba and, and say, try it again. Make an experiment that is more powerful than Stitch, but one that I can control. You don't have a choice in this. You either do it or you die. And that was probably one of them. First things in the movie, in the whole series, that really made death a crucial factor here. Because nobody else was afraid to die before this. But at this point, that Dr. Von Hamsterville has lost so much. He's lost so many times. He wound up going back to jail again. Wound up having to run away. At this point, he felt like he didn't have nothing else to lose. Oh. Yeah. 
that, that's but that's it. That, that's my only thing into that one. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, the movie was still good. It was definitely entertaining as far as like kid wise. I like some of the little stories that they had into it, but there wasn't really much else into that <laughs> into that movie. At least not for me. Do you have any extra details for Leroy's kit? Because for me, it's like Leroy's design to me is just the exact copy. He's, he's literally a carbon copy of Stitch, except red. A little taller. Yeah. That's, that's, that's it. Like, that's all you guys. Like, he just, just Stitch, but red. Like, Stitch evil twin brother who was created in Leroy and Stitch. Funny enough, uh, I thought it was uh, experiment six to eight. Turns out it was six to nine. Like, what? what? Because yeah, they already made six to eight, but I guess he would just hold up somewhere. I, I don't know. Like, yeah. who knows what happened? Yeah, six to eight was never actually awakened at all. It was just six to nine. Hmm. Okay, so I missed the numbers. Uh, let me see. Get some details on Leroy. Let's see. Red fur, uh, frilly ears, yellow teeth, bent antennas, uh, three bent spines on its back, fluffy tail, slightly deeper voice, as well as two extra retractable arms and retractable claws. Uh, pretty much a <laughs> template similar to Stitch, except Dr. Hanfield captured him and forced him to make a new version and have all of Stitch's powers but also the ability to disguise himself as Stitch by changing his fur color from red to blue and instantly regrow his fur. Mm -hmm. Uh, Leroy is very physical, but also makes liberal use of his plasma gun. Uh, hmm. Yep. So basically just imagine Stitch, but with red fur. That's it. That's literally it. That's what I was like. It wasn't much in there. And then his weakness. <laughs> okay, this is one thing I did. I've been, I was trying to avoid mentioning the whole podcast. and be honest. Okay. Um, I don't like Elvis. Like, I don't. To be honest with you, his his music is, can be catchy. Yes. <laughs> so, I'm be honest with you, I was always skeptical. You know how every music, especially during like olden times, listen to a song and you would swear to God that there's more to the music. It's like, you know, I'm listening to the lyrics, but I feel like there's more here, but I don't know what it is and stuff like that. And so it's like, a, you know, you always got that feeling. That there was more to it. It wasn't something cheesy, something more. It was something more serious. And shit like you know, there's, there's something more to dive into. And so when I found out, I got a little older after watching, you know, of all the Reloaded series and stuff. When I got older, I found out that almost all of Elvis's music was stolen from other races. Yeah. That, that that made more sense to me. I was like, there was deeper meaning to all these lyrics. But it wasn't your meaning. Mm-hmm. And that's what made me so upset. <laughs> so You know you know what's sad? How epic rap battles on YouTube taught me that basically. Like when I saw that rap battle between Michael Jackson versus Elvis Presley, and they pretty much admitted, like, yeah, like he pretty much stole um yeah. his stuff from black folks. I was like, wow, okay. He's the Goku of Dragon Ball. He's the Goku of music. <clears throat> <He's> 
I mean, these are my techniques. No, bro. These are not your techniques. You did not develop them. These are all other people's techniques that you stole and just happened to become famous because you did it. No? And it's also funny how just recently I saw a picture, not picture, uh, a video of how some white woman got on a TV show and did this whole little dance that apparently she got from this black kid, but apparently she's getting all the uh, stardom from it because, you know, she was an attractive white woman that was on a TV show that did it. So it's always like, wow, you pretty much just ripped that off from somebody else, but you're getting all the fame from it because based on how you're built, Mm-hmm. And so it's fine. It's so funny that the biggest thing that Lilo and Stitch love so much, Elvis Presley, is the one that beats is what beats Leroy. The power of music in Ohana. Sorry. <clears throat> Hold on. The power of music in Fast and Furious. Family. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny, like, in anime, people starting to hate that whole power of friendship trope to where, oh, the villains always get beat by the power of friendship. But in this movie, apparently you got beat by the power of family. Mm-hmm. And music. <clears throat> All about family. All about family. Family's everything. No, F is for family. What about F is for friendship, Don shows up. No, F is for family. Man, we do so together. You is for you, and okay. (laughs) And for anywhere, anytime at all that we're trying to down here, (laughs) down here in Hawaii. I don't know. There we go. I like uh, that's gonna be a kind of a stretch there, but like let's roll with it. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, this is so. Yeah, there's, there's not much for Leroy and Stitch. Like it was, it was okay. It was good. It was to me personally one of the weaker of the series. Um, I like Stitch as a glitch because you had a great concept. You know, hey, Stitch is glitching out and stuff is happening totally, mm-hmm. and it's because he's dying. Like I was like, oh whoa, that's interesting. Oh my god, yo, let's make that into a movie. We got this. You know. Sucks that the whole premise wound up being oh only com- communication could have solved everything. Would have been better if they did communicate, and it was still kind of like a lot of habits and stuff. And like oh we know what's going on with Stitch, but he keeps escaping because he's glitching, you know stuff like that. That would have made it much better. But hey, yeah. it's still um the experiments, you know, we've always wondered. We've been told since day one he's six two six named Stitch, um by Lilo. So it's what happened to the other 625 experiments? You know, boom, we got something, you know. And then it was a great concept of let's make another that's a little bit more evil. You know, it would have been nice to have dived more into that versus his whole premise is made of to destroy Stitch. Like his whole thing is I'm going to make Stitch look bad and then I'm going to beat him and I'm going to kill him and then be like, ha ha ha, I'm the most ultimate evil. Why are you on your brother's dick so hard, bro? Like, just come right. on. If you had just been some evil tyrant that wound up being like, oh my God, he's a clone of you. And he's like, uh, 
I knew you'd find me at some point. Let me kill you so I can get back to doing what I'm doing. You know, that that would have been, that, that itself would have been really good in itself. But you focused him so heavily on cast to destroy Stitch. Why? It's because Dr. Hamsterville can't seem to let nothing go. That's why. You had an opportunity. You literally had him create another experiment at all of Stitch's ability. Literally had all of Stitch's ability. It's just as powerful. But instead of taking him somewhere else and start decimating everything, you said, no, we got to beat Stitch, who's trapped here in isolation. Because remember, if you keep that in mind, even with the second movie, like with the second movie, the start of Stitch has a glitch, the second movie, you're still isolated on Hawaii. <laughs> you're not really allowed to leave under the Federation's rule. You're stuck there. But instead, you decided, like, no, I'm just going to keep it right here. Ah, you got what you needed? Now. That's all you had to do. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. (laughs) And it's kind of funny considering the sequel series that came after it, like Stitch, the series where he's now in Okinawa, and then there's Stitch and I to where he went from Okinawa all the way over to somewhere in China, um, wherever that is. Mm -hmm. But yeah. It's not the same because Stitch is, like, not that Lilo is older. Uh, you got adult, like, not adult, but, like, teenage Lilo. Nani is, like, an actual adult now, so it's like, eh. eh. <laughs> 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 same premise, but not as good as the other series is. So, I think Leroy and Stitch was a good finish. It was a good finish for the series. I'm gonna agree on that. It was, it was a decent finish. You know, you let me know that you don't have any more writing to do. There's nothing else to really do here. We hit every single goal possible with the series, so let's just move on to something different, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so seeing what time it is, uh, I guess go ahead, we can wrap up the podcast, but uh, Cookie, I see you got any final words for us? Communication is key. Communication is always key. Talk. Talk. Always important. Ohana, family, we love each other. <clears throat> actually, I'm going to use a quote. We're not a quote. I'm going to summarize something that I was actually told by someone. That, um, it still hits very hard to me. You know, you can't, you can always choose, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. But in all honesty, still make sure that you're keeping communication. Um, literally, one of the biggest concepts for the entire series is Ohana. It's we're all family, we're all in this together. You become Ohana no matter how you look, no matter how you act. There is, in a sense, there can be good in a lot of people, but understand that there may not be good in everybody. That's just what happens. We're all human, what it is. But continue to do the best for yourself, continue to do the best for your family, your immediate family, your kids, your wife, your husband, whoever. Um, Just Continue to look for yourself. Continue to be the best that you can be, and things will wind up working out better in the end. It may get rocky, but as long as you keep holding steadfast and true to what you believe and just keep pushing forward, as long as what you believe is not harming other people, you will be good. 
that's my little final words that I have. Nice. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been our review on Lilo and Stitch, the franchise. Definitely check it out on Disney or online, where we can find the movies and the TV shows that, you know, came out. Personally, I do love Lilo and Stitch, and it's like, it's not going to get old for me, to be honest with you, like, especially the series, to where I can just go back and rewatch the series, because it was pretty much just one-off, so all the different experiments, you got to catch them, and uh, give them purpose, and whatnot, and I just love that, and I'm like, yeah, I can always rewatch it, revisit, and all that. But yeah, uh, let's just go ahead and zone out on this review, this has been Just Like His Dream and Kokugatsu. Stay nerdy, my friends. Great things are coming. And we will see you on the next one.